You know what time it is. It's the Hurt Hour final edition of the regular season. Justin Arvon, the authority on Marshall football, and Randy Burnside, the former SID, will come on up to the porch. We'll talk all about the big win over the Georgia Southern ball club that got us that bowl eligibility and now a finale with Georgia State, the first ever meeting with the Panthers. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. We'll also discuss what we would do to fix the playoff and give the group of five a shot in this whole thing. Going to be fun and entertaining. You guys know what to do, though. If it's in the morning, grab that coffee, feel stuff. It's in the evening, grab the drink, and come on back. It's time to talk all about Marshall football here on the porch. Cue the music. It is at noon. Yep. All right. Of course, right in the middle of the best game of the entire year. What, what's the best game of the entire year? Michigan Ohio State. No, oh, that game. Georgia State. <laughs> yeah. Marshall Georgia State. Know your audience, Blaine. Hey, I know. Jeez. I'm. Just, I'm excited. I'm excited for Michigan Ohio State. I'm only excited if Michigan wins. Oh, I mean that's same here, Justin. <laughs> and I probably hate the state. Oh my goodness, can't stand them. And uh, I hate it for my brother-in-law. But what are you gonna do? Hey, so openly, my openly end. rooting against uh, Ohio State Saturday, Justin. We're we're good with that. Hundred percent. I'm gonna go buy a Michigan shirt at Dunham. Oh, really? <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I almost, I almost want to be like, hey, if they have another one, like that's, a, that's an daughter, extra large. My daughter is very anti-Ohio State. I don't know what it's coming from. It's just everything other than Marshall, she, you know, jumps on. But I had an Ohio State blanket at the Hurricane playoff game the other night. She sat with me and she's like, "What is this? What is this? Why do you have this?" And I'm like. It's red, and I don't have one that says hurricane, and it was in the house. And she's like, why is this in our house? And I'm like, your stepmother lived in Ohio. She's a fine West Virginian, Randy. I mean, you can't you can't knock me for this. And she got all mad about it. She goes, I'm not using that blanket. I said, it's 20 degrees. You're an <laughs> idiot if you don't use this blanket. And then she's like, okay, I'll use the blanket. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I feel like blanket. So- I feel like blankets. You can, you can kind of put. But you gotta love her, 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 you know, her style and her pizzazz. Ah. Um, she got a little friend at school that's dad. They're all from Tennessee, and they like the balls. And Jillian talks smack with them. We beat Notre Dame. You guys are overrated. Ooh, okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> we saw you got exposed by the Bulldogs, and I'm like, dang girl, you gotta know your place. <laughs> <laughs> She don't care. She goes at it. <laughs> She's feeling them fun belt athletes, Randy. You know? 
Yeah, she's all about done with us about. doing weight games. I know. Oh, right? She would love it. She would love it. I can only imagine she what she would have said leaving South Bend. Oh yeah. Oh, she would have been. She would have been on cloud nine at South Bend. Just talking smack right and left. Yep. Hey guys, we did it. Bo eligible. Who would have thought? Are we, are we starting? Oh, I'm gonna use some of this stuff. It's good. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, red red light. It's rolling. <laughs> it's it's okay. rolling. Um, I mean, bow eligible after wh- where we were a month ago. Who who would have thought? I I certainly was. I wanted to be optimistic, but in your heart of hearts, did you really believe it? It would have been tough to sit there and make a monetary bet on our bow eligibility. Uh. I don't think anyone could have really foreseen how formidable our defensive efforts would be each week. Um, certainly, we thought we had a good defense, but they've won. We've won four out of five, I believe. And if they haven't won it by themselves, they've been the most integral part in each of those wins. Um, big play after big play. I've never seen – any team so good on third down getting off the field uh, to this point. Best in the so, country right now. Best in the country. What is it, 20-something percent? Uh, 27.1, I think, right? Something it's like 21. that. I mean, it's 21. Oh, 21. Wow. It's 21. And, guys, not only are we getting people off the field and we're number one in the country on third down defense, but we are a – Almost four percentage points ahead of number two, which is Minnesota. I mean, that's that's incredible. That is incredible. And but you know what though, it is time after time, game after game. Justin, you said it last week. If it's anything more than third and three or four, I expect Marshall to get off the field. Absolutely. I think even those sometimes. I mean, yeah, I, I think a good question to ask from a fan perspective is. Is this the best defense we've had at Marshall? I I don't know in terms of talent. I know a lot of defenses sent guys to the NFL in the past, but uh, you can't argue with the results. Uh, they're pretty it's good. It's a really good one. I think it's way up there. I think it, you can make an argument for it, but ninety-nine. Randy, go back to that ninety-nine yep. team yep. because they went undefeated. But they also, I think, at the time, were number one in the nation in scoring defense. Wasn't it like 10 year. points a game or something like that? Just barely over I think it? It was, like, it, it, was, it, was, it was barely into double digits. Like 10.1 uh, or something? <laughs> I'd have to go back and look at it. But with that said, hey, you know, this crew is very different today oh, than what it was in 1999. We were wide so open just what, being in the shotgun back then. What this group is doing is, is crazy, and to do it in the fun belt where you've got a lot of crazy offenses and stuff, this is, you know, very, very impressive. I mean, you, you just go down the numbers, scoring defense, we're number seven. Uh, rush defense, we're number six. We talked about the third down conversion defense. Turnover margins outstanding. Uh, we're number 11. I mean, wow. Just kudos to the defensive staff 
and 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 the kids on that side of the ball. I mean, we are really good. And to win three in a row, I didn't see it coming. Um, I thought it would be difficult, um, unlikely, but they, they've pulled it off. And, you know, when you win three in a row uh, this time of year in November, that's what people remember, you know. And you get the three in a row, everybody's feeling good. If they can go out with four wins in a row, I think that caps off what you have to say is a really good season overall. Yeah, I agree. Andy, yeah. I want to add also, if we're going to say we win Saturday, that's four in a row. That's five out of six. Take away one off-the-wall crazy quarter to start the game against Coastal, and we're likely winning out uh, six in a row here. Uh, would it be six? Absolutely. Five yeah. So That's right. One, and really, really about eight minutes in one quarter. And it, stuff one yeah. Game. And not just that, but the overtime loss to Bowling Green could have very easily gone our way. Um, the game at Troy, if we could have just generated a little bit more offense. Not like they uh, did either. <laughs> and then the loss to, uh, to uh, Louisiana at home, yeah. I, I, that could have been averted. Um, I mean, we're really close to having, a, you know, a, a terrific season. It's a, it's going to be a solid one, but it could have been really, really terrific. Yeah, it could have been next level type uh, Cato season 99 level year if a few things break right. Although I think part of it is you're playing in a tougher conference, you know, middle of the pack Louisiana team versus what we used to be a middle of the pack MAC team or middle of the pack Conference USA team. You could have found a way to – to win without your best effort. But I think the maturity and kind of the progression offensively we're seeing here of late is very, very encouraging. Uh, and it, it makes you feel like there are some definite building blocks for moving forward. Although, who knows? I mean, we saw Rasheen Ali show up on the field for the first time Saturday. So it's like you can't ever plan anything. Uh, how about that, by the way, fellas? Wasn't that the shocker of uh, the, the day right there? I mean, that – I couldn't believe it when I heard that coming down the road from Morgantown. I couldn't. It, it was it was shocking. I mean, it, it was a surprise. I didn't see that coming. Um, but you know, you can play in four games now and still redshirt. So I think we saw that with a couple guys in the game uh, last week. So who knows what we're going to see this week uh, now with these last two games, including the bowl. Yeah, and we get and we get to say that now, which is definitely something that when you were sitting three and four after a home loss against Louisiana would have uh, been a, been a tough thing to, to say and truly believe, but they found a way to do it. And you got to give Huff and, and especially the defense, a lot of credit in that. Uh, I mean, number one in the nation, like we said, in third down defense, getting off the field, scoring defense at 15.5. I mean, a unit that barely gives up 90 yards a game on the ground. It's, it's been fun to watch them. And they always seem to put these guys that are kind of now veteran quarterbacks in bad situations of late, really since Bowling Green and Mike McDonald. And I want to add something, Randy. Bowling Green, they're playing tonight for the Mac, the Mac East Division Championship against Ohio. Has a chance. So, like, that win, you know, that, that they got against us, now looking back on it is not one that, that we should be totally ashamed of. Bowling Green ended up turning into a, a decent football team. They did, uh, but at the time they were coming off a loss to Eastern Kentucky. 
Yep. You know, but we kind of jump-started their season. That win propelled them on to a, a pretty good year, no doubt. Yeah, definitely. They, they've turned a corner. Different team from, from Eastern Kentucky, I would say. Uh, sure. I think we do have to also give some credit to Coach Up. I, I don't know if you all remember, but Deidre was a fairly controversial hire uh, as defensive coordinator when he was brought on and coach up was the one that brought him on and he's done an outstanding job. There was some baggage there. We don't have to go into all that, but, but it was controversial and it, it turned out to be pretty successful on the field so far. So I think credit has to go to coach up on that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Justin, in, in terms of, you know, gave, gave a guy an opportunity and so far that unit's been, been stellar. Uh, you know, that interesting point you brought up about the the first quarter against Coastal and how if that is different, how much differently we're viewing this team right now. Probably would still have a chance to play for the uh, for the division championship, you know, win the East this week, which would have been un- unreal when you think about the first two losses of the season. I- I'm just – it's it's almost hard to be negative right now about what you've seen out of Marshall here the last month to month and a half. It can't be critical. But but let me try. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. Say it with your chest. So, so I do want – it does need to be tempered because we've seen our defense be good enough to win games early in the year, and we couldn't score enough points. Ending the game last week, we had three points in the second half. I mean, for all the good – our offense was fairly stagnant in the second half. I know we were running the ball more. Uh, but there are some positives, too. Ali coming back, Labor, both of them rushed up around 100 yards. Not over, but relative, relatively close. Yeah, we're touching it. And, uh, you know, that's a good sign. But I think I think there's definite ability for our offense to get bogged down and create some issues for our defense. Uh, you know, Bottom line is if our offense simply doesn't turn the ball over and, and can score 20 points, we're probably going to win a football game. Hey, how about that final drive of the game on Saturday, though? What, almost 10 minutes plus, and oh. you just was able to take a knee at the end? That was insane. That that was big boy football right there. Big boy football. Best drive in terms of winning a football game I think I've watched live. So, I mean, it, it was amazing. It, it was it was just well called. It was well executed. Uh, just strength on strength, and we won all the way down the field. Could have, could have been a. So my comment really could have been a ten point second half. We could have scored. <laughs> That's right. I mean, I feel like they're doing enough and staying true to their personality and not putting the defense in as many bad spots if they can help from it. Now, sometimes I I agree with you, Justin. We get really stagnant, and it really kind of bogs us down to the point where it could put the defense in, in some harm. But they always seem to stand up and, and figure out a way to make it happen. Georgia State, though, does scare me a little bit, guys, because they can score. And they've lost a couple games here late. I mean, a two-point loss where they blew a big lead against James Madison last week and then losing a three-point contest to the to Fun Row. I mean, who knows what kind of team you're going to get from them, though, now due to this because they have nothing to play for. Uh, going to be cold probably Saturday in Huntington. Could get a less than seller effort, but man, 
they have an ability offensively to score, and that does scare me a little bit. Well, their quarterback is a quarterback that you've seen give Marshall problems, even at times this year, a quarterback that can move. Louisiana's quarterback uh, won the game with his legs there in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, this guy can run around. He's a great athlete. He can throw the ball a bit, too. So, I think uh, Marshall's defense does have its hands full here on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, Granger Granger is a pretty good, proficient quarterback. Uh, and the ability to, to use his legs a little bit, like you said, Justin, you know, he had three straight games of over 100 yards there. Uh in October, leading into November. So, I mean, had 143 versus Southern Miss. So, he has the ability to, to kind of extend plays and, and make him with his feet and thrash out there on the outside. I don't know if that's relation to, to the James Thrash you used to see in the NFL there. But, uh, man, he had a huge day on Saturday. He had four catches for 134 yards. So, we, we, we don't want to allow them to make big plays against us because that's the one thing this defense hasn't allowed. And sometimes – you know, a team that can make big plays, it's going to allow points, and that puts us in a bad situation offensively, too. We've been able to play with the lead a lot here, I think, of late. We haven't had to play catch-up, and that could even put us in worse situations for the defense, kind of like you said, Justin, there at times. Georgia State, um, you know, this team does scare me. League and turnovers. They forced four fumbles last week in their game at James Madison and had two of them that they scooped and scored touchdowns with. Um, they've got some good playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and, and, you know, that raises a red flag with me with some of our offensive inconsistencies going against a, a team that's got a, a pretty capable defense at times. Uh, in fact, right now, they've got 25 turnover gains on the season. Those 25, that ranks third in the FBS. And, and you look at some of the guys they've got on that side of the ball, you've got a lot of seniors, uh, some some solid guys, uh, especially at linebacker. And, uh, you know, so it's something to be on the look for. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how Marshall's running game does uh, against that opportunistic defense. Yeah, absolutely, Randy. And the fact that they returned two scooping scores and still lost the game does show, though, that they are well, vulnerable to the big Yeah, they well. were up. They were up big. I think it was, what, 35-17 at half in that game, and just uh, JMU dominated the second half. And, uh, you know, pretty, pretty interesting. So it'll be interesting to see. But with Marshall being at home – the momentum we have with our defense to playing the way that they are and, and it being uh, senior day in Huntington, you know, I, I definitely think Marshall should should prevail in this one. But it could be one of those nip and tuck games. You just never know. The other thing, too, that's that's kind of interesting is we have no history with these guys. You know, there's that's there's right. nothing to there's nothing to kind of uh, look back on or, you know, this is the first time they'll ever make this trip up here to Huntington and. It kind of will be exciting to see. Like, I think the question that, that you brought up, Randy, about them being kind of a, a, an opportunistic defense, where's that effort level at for this week? I'm interested to see that out of Georgia State because who knows? I mean, they do have an ability to run the football too, but it's just yes, they do. A, against against our defense, I think if we shut there, that down. An, 
you know, they're 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 ranked in the they're number eleven in the country in rush offense. They're doing about two hundred twenty eight yards per game. So, you know, that'll definitely be a challenge. So it'll be an interesting uh battle to see who wins up front on the defensive and offensive sides of the ball and the different matchups that you have. They also have some really good corners as well, and that's led to a lot of interceptions for those guys. So I'm kind of curious to see how well Marshall's defense does against them and vice versa, how the Panthers do against the Thundering Herd offense in, in that respect. You know, I think this has a chance to be a pretty good competitive football game. I hope it's not as competitive as I'm afraid it might be. But it could be, absolutely. So Marshall better be ready to play. This team is dangerous. And I think we're in kind of a letdown spot now, right? To some extent. We we achieved the goal of being bowl eligible. We can't really, you know, play for anything else at this point. So this is kind of – it's going to be on what kind of attitude and energy is in the stadium and – how much are we playing for the seniors on yeah. on Saturday at noon? And, because and I can know, see that being a letdown spot too. Yeah, and, and you're talking about the Thanksgiving weekend uh, on a Saturday, and traditionally we do not draw well for this week in the season. Just historically, Marshall does not draw well for this game. So um, that energy in the stadium, the fans could really make a big difference. So hopefully – the green and white show up and they're loud and proud and, and, and make a difference. Yeah, guys, I, uh, Marshall historically is not, I mean, some of the worst losses I can think of in recent memory have come on this weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, uh, I'm uh, a little antsy about this game, but I, I'm still on team. Don't turn the ball over. We're okay. Oh, Absolutely. And that's going to be key. If they can force turnovers uh, like they did against James Madison, uh, we're going to have trouble. Um, if they don't and Marshall hangs on to the ball, then you know, we can run and hang on to the ball. I know it sounds cliche and it's old school uh, football talk, but, you know, if you can run and not turn the ball over, you're in good shape. Especially this team. Especially this team. I mean – that that one-two combo now that we were always kind of dreaming of that we finally got to see last week, you get to see it in Huntington this week against the rush defense. It's not very – not been stellar at all. It, it bodes well. It definitely bodes well. And then you kind of now have Fancher as well to utilize in that running game with them. Could could be scary for Georgia State. We, we, could, we could run all over them as well on Saturday. Hey, hey Randy, now the atmosphere that Georgia State is going to bring for folks when we make those trips eventually – it's in the city, right? They play their games at uh, at Truist. Is that correct? No, 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 no. I think they play at the uh, old the Georgia Dome. Yeah, oh, okay. No, they, they they play at uh, Turner Field, what used to be Turner Field. Is gotcha. That right. I think so. I That's could be I was, wrong. Not at Truist. I'm. Yeah, you're right. Old old Turner. Old Ted Turner. I, I feel like oh, it's just. Let me let me check that. It's something I wasn't even thinking. I'm I'm interested to see kind of what this game becomes with them. I think it has a possibility to be it if they're going to play it at the end of the season all the time. Yeah, it could turn into a fun little uh, rivalry. Hopefully, it doesn't start this year. 
I remember um, when Bill Curry took them over there and started this program not too long ago. So, I mean, they're in the infancy stages and already being at this level, pretty impressive. Yeah, so what is uh, the Sun Belt bowl setup? We need to look at that. I don't know what kind of choice Marshall will have in a bowl game. I believe the first two are selected by the bowls that uh, – they. Hey, Justin, they are. The first two are uh, – I'm pulling it up now. They play in the old Georgia Dome, gentlemen. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. That would be fun. Dome. It's actually called Center Park Stadium. Center Hold Park Stadium. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> Whoa, man. Little... Hold on. They play in what used to be Turner Field, but they also have played some games inside the Georgia Dome. So they yeah. they kind of have dual so, purpose here. So well, it's called Center Park Stadium now. It has seating for about twenty five thousand for Georgia State football, uh, but it's located at seven fifty five Hank Aaron Drive. Ooh. So that's where Turner Field, the old Olympic Stadium, was. The Hammer, Hammer and Hank. So they've uh, uh, that or the the uh, the Bomb Stadium. Is that what we're talking about? Is that where the bomb went off? I yes. During the Olympics, it it didn't happen at the stadium. It was in uh, Olympic Park in Atlanta back in '96. Gotcha. I'm trying to find. I was was only nine, so (laughs) (laughs) trying to find the tie-ins here. uh, Trying to find the tie-ins here to the bowls, guys. But 12 dates till we get the bowl announcements. That's kind of exciting. Like the college football season just flew by in a blink of an eye this year. Let's list off the options because they're pretty good fan-friendly bowl locations. You got the the Cure Bowl, which I don't know where it is, but it's not too far, I don't believe. New Orleans Bowl, the Camilla Bowl in Tampa, Myrtle Beach Bowl, obviously in Myrtle Beach. I believe Boca Raton Bowl. Down there in Boca. Yeah. Uh, That's five of them. Camellia is in Montgomery, Alabama. Oh, it's no longer in uh, Tampa. No, the Cure Bowl is in Orlando. Okay. You've got – it says that there's a possibility of playing in the uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl there out in Boise. Um, Let's just that possibility. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> um, actually, actually, Boise is a great town, just an FYI. It, do you have a barbecue well, joint I there, Randy? It's obviously cold time. I'm sure there is. I don't know of one yet. Yeah. But I will find it if there is one. Yep. Um <laughs> You got the first responders bowl in Dallas. That's an option as well as uh, the Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Obviously in Frisco. And the New Mexico Bowl as well. Huh. Is the Lending Tree Bowl an option? It actually says, Justin, that it, it uh, New Orleans Bowl will hold the second selection and the Lending Tree Bowl will hold the fifth. I don't see the Lending Tree Bowl, though, on the list of... Uh, bowl games here that it, it popped up for me so well i think there's some good options there yeah i i've been to boise for the marshall game out there it, it is nice i just want to go somewhere else <laughs> a little warmer a little warmer yeah yeah i mean in the matchups you obviously we get something kind of fun you know regardless it's something different so it'd be, it'd be fun and great accomplishment for this team to have gotten to this point Having to get that extra win, too. 
Yeah, Blaine, are there any bowl tie-ins that match us up with P5 schools, or are they all G5? It it looks like it looks like to me that they all are primarily G uh, G5. Not not many P5 opportunities here. Things I don't like about the current setup of college football, uh, the way the bowl arrangements have all been done. Um, the vast majority of bowls are power versus power five. The G5 opportunities are minimized. Um, the G5 has to play G5s. Um, it, it cuts you out of bigger bowl opportunities, and I, I just think it's unfair. The whole system's unfair, and it's built that way to be unfair, and it keeps making the rich richer, and we end up having to go to the same four or five bowl games every year with no variety, and I think it hurts college football. And I think a lot of the Power Five schools, outside of the top five elite ones that actually make the playoff, would tell you the same thing. They're tired of going to the same dadgum bowl game every year when they get their six or seven wins. It's no fun for the fans. So what what they've done with this system in college football is 90%, if not more, of the fan bases are unhappy with your postseason opportunities. And that's what's happened. And it hurts the game. Completely agree. I mean, I think that all bowls, should be revolving um, at the very least in terms of what conferences go to what bowls. It can be regional, but they need to revolve at least within the regions because otherwise Memphis doesn't want to go to the Independence Bowl, for example, or the Liberty Bowl, I should say. Or think about this. Um, you know, if you're already in New Orleans – and, and, you know, um, you've gone to the New Orleans Bowl four years in a row. I mean, what, what does that do for your fan base? I mean, Nothing. Come on. Absolutely Nothing. zero. Uh, you know, Memphis going to the same bowl over and over. Or it could be anybody. I'm, I'm talking about the Iowas of the world and the West Virginias of the world and the Marylands and, 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 and programs like that getting stuck in the same bowl game every year. It doesn't get anyone excited. I think, like like Justin mentioned, rotating it somehow. Maybe with expanded playoffs, there can be more openings and bowls. And I think what people love is the Cinderella story. They want to see David versus Goliath. And, and that's what makes the NCAA basketball tournament so much fun, is David versus Goliath. And in major college football, they've completely eliminated that. They really have, Randy. I mean, it's it's 100% accurate. They really have eliminated that possibility of, of seeing it. You, I mean, you don't even get in the bowls anymore. It, it's, a, it's a shame. It really is. And you're right. If we could find a way to make it where it gets a little rotating and occasionally you get to see a, you know, a Marshall when they're having a great year or a Coastal going up against a Georgia Tech or, a, you know, a, a, a Big Ten team like a Minnesota or something, it would be fun to see. And we all know this, okay? And I will take it a step further. Um, the, the, the realignment movement, with what the Southeastern Conference is doing right now, somebody's got to lose, boys. Someone's got to lose. Texas knows what it's like to lose now. They lose a lot. They've lost a lot. <laughs> they, they have lost a lot. Years. They've lost a lot. Their fans aren't happy. 
Do you think they're going to be any happier in the SEC? And if you're not Georgia or uh, Alabama. Alabama right now, are you happy as an SEC fan over the last 20 years with the occasional LSU? Yeah. But anybody else? No. See, you don't like the Outback Bowl, Randy, don't do you? That's no. They're so what are you going to do? What did Steve Spurrier used to say? You can't have the Citrus Bowl without UT. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. But what I'm getting at is this is not good for the game. Someone's got to lose. Look at look at our neighbor up north, the Mountaineers right now, West Virginia. West Virginia was the dominant program in the Big East. They were the dominant. Their people got used to going to um, major bowl games and getting an opportunity. And they won some of those. Yep. You know, they beat Oklahoma. They, they, you know, they played beat the Georgia. Bowl. They played in the Orange Bowl. Beat and, Clemson. And, you know, they, yep. They, they, absolutely. They played in the Sugar Bowl. Um, they played in the Peach Bowl. But what I'm getting at, that's now gone. They, they've now experienced in their Big 12 time what it's like not to be the big kid on the block anymore. And look what it's done. Look at the fan base. You know, you, you, you've got a middling program in a tough league. But that's not – and I'm not picking on West Virginia. That is the majority of Power 5 schools now. The majority of Power 5 schools are West Virginia right now. That's what's happened to all of this. Uh, with these larger conferences, you're not winning conference championships anymore. And you're not making the playoffs. And now, to add insult to injury, you've got the portal and you've got people – leaving you can't even you can't even get attached to a guy because he's going to be gone next year you can't get attached to your roster because half of it's going to change next year i mean they have just really messed up college football in my opinion the whole thing is a mess and and they better do something to curb it or the damage to the game is going to be long lasting let's look into that real quick there Andy. i mean hey do you think if the if the playoff going to 12 changes that i think it does i think it allows more people to be involved on a larger scale it's got to help right and i think it'll also help the group of five because they'll be an help. it will help but it still handcuffs the group of five there will not be there will not be fairness the way it should be like it is in every other sport in the ncaa until the ncaa controls this and every single FBS conference gets an automatic qualifier into the playoff. See, I'm not sure I love that, thing, though, Andy. That is the only thing that truly fixes it. That I is mean, the only thing that allows every athlete to have equal access to the championship. That's it. Like it is in basketball. I mean, here's my thing on that, though, right? Do I really want to see Ohio or Bowling Green running out there against Georgia? I mean, I don't need to you see saw- that. Blaine, you saw Marshall beat Notre Dame. That's and right. You're saying that. I, I, We've watched for, what is it now, 15, 16 years going back to the BCS. We've watched consistently people like UCF go in there and win major bowl games. And all I've heard is excuses every time a non-Power 5 wins. Well, so-and-so wasn't up for a game. Well, you know what? I've also seen teams like Oklahoma get undressed by LSU by a massive landslide. 
But no one after that game said, oh, Oklahoma doesn't belong in the Power Five. Why is that? That's right. I'm just saying. Yeah. The fact, the proof is in the pudding. Go back and look at the BCS Bowls and go back and look at what we've had in the playoff era. The non-Power Five schools more than hold their own with oftentimes an unfair location in those major bowl games, yet they still win those games. Hey, absolutely, Randy. And you know what? If you you kind of want to expand a little further, like you did earlier talking about like West Virginia, the Big East at the time was given that distinction, but a lot of those schools now are nah. bar- now barely hanging on. You know, so Well, you, and look at the ones that have moved up that are now going to be joining the Big 12, for instance, and what they've done. And look at the ones that have moved up in the previous reincarnations of what have ha- what has happened. But I'm telling you, there is no reason why Power Five schools should have a total lock on this. It helps them in recruiting. That gives them yet another recruiting advantage over the smaller schools. There, it just it's a cascading effect. And even with all of those advantages. Appalachian State beats Texas A&M. Right. Marshall beats Notre Dame. All on the road, mind you. That's true. I, I, I guess know, the, and Georgia Southern wins at Nebraska. I, I'll say State, I'll say this though: when it comes down to it, in the end of the playoff, the playoffs, right? That means that we're going to have how many bids going out there? Would it be about ten? There are there are only ten conferences. You put the ten conference champs in there. And then you know what you do? You have a real playoff like we have at the FCS level, at the Division II level, at the Division III level, and in every state in the United States that plays high school football with all the different classifications of their high schools. Okay. So we go – I guess I'm going to say if, if – I'll go ahead, Justin. I was just going to – this is the only American sport where there is not a true play- – um, that is correct. We do not have an NCAA champion in FBS football. That is true. We do not. You know, so, hey, if we're going to go with if we're going to go with every conference though having an, a seat at the table, I think you got to expand it up to at least like twenty four teams, maybe maybe a few more, um, to give a true representation of what right, the nation was it. looking like that year. Go to twenty four. I guarantee you, people will tune into the games. Absolutely. Of 24, more than they do some of these low tier bowl games, which are all about TV content right now, anyway. That's true. So you're kind of replacing some of those, and you can still have some of the lower bowls. You you can still play it at bowl sites if it's such a big deal to the Rose Bowl and the Cotton Bowl and the big ones and the long historic ones. Well, Randy, that's that's the whole issue is the big boys with all the money, including the big bowl games. Well, they don't right. want to give up what you've got. Exactly. They want all of the pie. They want it all. And they give a little bit of scrap to half the country. And let's be real about it. Half the student athletes who play FBS football are disenfranchised from the start. Those schools are at a competitive disadvantage to begin with because of the TV contracts that go to the conferences, the multimedia deals that go to the conferences. College football was ruined by university presidents decades ago 
when they started allowing conferences to negotiate their own TV deals. That created this entire landslide of what's brought us to where we are today. It needs to be fixed. Yeah. And, and, and you know what else, too, Justin, it goes back to a point you brought up, you know, a couple of weeks back about how far the discrepancy is between the top, the, the tier, tier top, like your Ohio State's, your Georgia's, and then even your middle 15 teams, and then kind of how that goes out and goes throughout the whole country. But it, like you said, Randy, it's kind of crippling everybody because not everybody has that opportunity. And it, and it is damaging the game. It's also caused the greed factor to multiply to where you have these conferences growing out of control and, and cannibalizing each other, cannibalizing each other to the point that it's insanity and you've lost regional rivalries. People do not want to watch NFL too. We already have the NFL. We don't want the NFL. We want college football. I think people want to see guys that go out there and play for the name on front of the jersey, not the name on the back of the jersey. I really do. I think I you're think right that's about what that. What's really missing? That's missing in every one of these new endeavors and things that have happened. But if you go back to controls, you do. And if oh, and here's my other thing: if you want to be like the NFL, how about copying the one thing the NFL does really well, and that's revenue sharing. That's what you need to do. <laughs> How about that? How and do maybe, you think Green Bay, Wisconsin has a football team that competes with Chicago and New York? Well, and yeah, also, because the league has revenue sharing. You would have How a structure, real revenue sharing, structure of a contract as well. To at least have kids not be leaving every other year and have some semblance of a team. Maybe do two-year deals in college or something. I don't know, but I mean, I could can, go on forever about about this subject but at the end of the day <laughs> it's supposed to be about the welfare of the student athletes and what's best and i'm sorry when half the country's athletes in a particular sport are disenfranchised from day one and do not have a chance to play for the national championship that's wrong it's just plain wrong uh, i agree and i would add with the nfl they do another thing really well football doesn't do, and that's have a playoff with 16 games. <laughs> playoffs? Mike so, Leach said it best. Playoffs. They do it in peewee league. They do it in junior high. They do it in high school. They do it at every other level of football. It can be done. The system exists, and it works really well. It does. It does. Hey, hey fellas, I think uh... – We've solved a lot of problems here in terms of, you know, the playoff committee, if they just listen to us. Um, what are we thinking for Saturday? Time for some predictions. Go first here. All right. I, I, I think we stepped onto the field with the goal, and that's winning for our seniors uh, and getting the best bowl game we can possibly get. I think we don't turn the ball over, and I predict the herd to win thirty-four to thirteen. All right, offense kind of getting into high gear there for you, Justin. I like it. Yeah, if they don't turn the ball up, I don't think the defense is very effective. Tend to agree, Randall. What you got? I hope he's right. I really do. I would love to see that happen, but I believe Georgia State's going to get one 
Oh no. We lost Randy. We lost to a court. He was he was about to predict the martial law. <laughs> Randy, hit, hit me from the top with that. Think that that Mark's going to be prone to giving at least one turnover. Uh, with their defense, just statistically how they've been, their running game, I think they're going to be able to uh, cause some problems for us. I, I would love to see a big win, but I'm going to be happy with any win. And I'm looking at Marshall scoring in the 20s, looking at like a, a 24 to 14 or 24 14 kind of kind of win. Okay. Okay, Randy. So, uh, a nice hard-fought win at the very end, kind of pulling it out. And you got to remember, Defense our history on this date is not good. It's just not good. No, no. And we we kind of reiterated that. And also at home, like you said, the, the atmosphere's got to be brought. That is that is a concern. There's no question about that. I will say in the end, though, guys, I think this defense is just too strong. I think they'll make a couple turnovers, give us a couple short fields. If we can play from ahead – I think we'll be in just fine shape. Um, we're, we're a six-point favorite, and the total is 45. I think both of you guys have kind of said, leaning toward the over. I'm going to tend to agree with you. I think Marshall will get this one done 30-17. to 17. I think Georgia State will make a couple plays, but I think they'll make a couple mistakes as well. And so, clean sweep for the herd, 8-4. We'll have to watch Coastal play in the championship without McCall. And... Uh, kind of reminisce on what could have been potentially could this been season potentially for Marshall. This season it's for Marshall. first one in the fun belt, but the fun still belt. a great year. Still a great year. Tommy, y'all, let's take it easy. Let's cue the music. Go Herd. Go Herd. Go Herd. Go Herd.